Gospel of John, and we're coming upon a very famous and well-known text. As you work through the Gospel of John, you will see seven different I Am statements from the Lord Jesus, and He is seeking to point others to faith in Him, and He calls Himself I Am fill-in-the-blank seven different times. Um, You know, as I was getting prepared, I was trying to list them off from memory. And I was going back, you know, in my mind through our study to the ones that we had gone through before. And I, was, I, I had even typed in my, in my notes there, I am the water of life. Well, then I got back and I was looking through John 4 to find the verse. Well, he doesn't actually come out and say it like that. He says that he offers her living water, but he doesn't say, I am the water of life. But we do find him saying in John 6, he says, I am the bread of life. And we went through the miracle and then the teaching of Jesus being the bread of life. And in John 8, we didn't spend a lot of time on it, but he he says very clearly, I am the light of the world. And in John 8, a lot of the other focus is not on that statement per se, but broader and other things. But in John 10, we see two. Today, we find two of these I am statements We're going to find Jesus saying, I am the door, and we're going to find Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. So I don't know if it's possible to do two in one message, but we'll see how the Lord leads. John 10, and let us stand together if you're able to stand. We'll read verse 1 through verse 11. As we read the scripture today, page 1020 in your Bibles, John chapter 10, verse 1. And the Bible says, truly, truly, I say to you, He who does not enter by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus spoke this parable to them, but they did not understand what things they were that he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If any man enters in by me, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Let's pray together. Brother Matt, would you pray as we begin? Amen. Please be seated. I know that today a lot of us have very little knowledge or awareness of how sheep operate. Most of us are not farmers or shepherds in any sense, and especially in our modern day and time and being in the city, we don't really think a whole lot of of sheep or, I mean, even in our society, we don't eat a lot of sheep meat and we're not really 
given to uh, some affinity or knowledge of sheep. Uh, I think most people, if anyone in Charlotte has a general concept of sheep, it's probably, the, the average person, I mean, it's probably because they've seen the movie Babe, which is about a pig who becomes a sheep herder. Um, and unfortunately, that's a poor, <laughs> a poor connection point, but it is what maybe some of us have. Um, I was uh, favored and blessed to uh, be around sheep growing up, and I uh, was raised in rural Minnesota, and uh, we had a small country church that I was raised in, and the main deacon of the church was a man who had sheep, and we lived on one of his little acreages, sort of like a parsonage, and he would move the sheep from our house and our side of the road where there was grazing property, and we would move it to the other side of the road, and so I got to have a little experience with him and watching how he interacted with his sheep. And uh, also my grandfather was a farmer and he had sheep. And so he had a call for his sheep and he could call them and they would come running, you know, right to him. It was a beautiful thing to watch. Um, and of course, as a kid, I would try to imitate it and I would try to do the call and they wouldn't even hardly look up from grazing. It was like a big zero. Um, I remember as my grandfather got quite old, the things had to change on the farm and uh, he had to sell different animals off, and one by one, the different groups of animals that he had were sold off, and I can't remember which was last, if it was sheep or cattle that were the last to go. But the day that the sheep were sold, um, someone said, well, where's, where's Grandpa? And no one knew where he was, and they went out and they found him in the sheep shed crying. And I think that little vignette just tells us a little bit about the shepherd. And as we look at this passage today, Jesus tells this story in a way as a rebuke to those who were the thieves, the robbers, the strangers, the hirelings. And in a way, it's almost a polemic against these false leaders, but it's also a call to those who are his. It's a call to those who either are currently or will become his sheep. And what a beautiful thing it is as we look through it through both angles. Um, you know, we just finished John 9 with the blind man, right? And do you remember in John 9 that he was cast out of the synagogue? He, he was put out. And Jesus comes to him and he, he tells him that he is the Lord Jesus and he needs to believe on him and he does believe in him. And so what's happened in John 9 is you have this blind man who has been separated from the group, the Judaism uh, group. And this blind man has been cast out, but he's placed his faith in Christ. And Jesus tells this story immediately after this, this picture, this parable as the word is used here. And so Jesus is laying this out, I believe, to show that there are those who follow him and who believe him and who listen to him and, and accept him, and there are those who will not. And there's a, a separation that's going on, and he's also identifying who these false leaders are that would mislead the people of Israel. So, uh, as we get into this, I just want to remind us that a couple key questions to, to understand the passage would, would simply be, who are the sheep and what is the fold? These are two kind of basic questions that we need to identify. And Verse 16 helps us a good bit. Look at verse 16. We didn't even read this, but I think it's important for us to see what he's talking about. Verse 16, Jesus says, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold, or one flock is the idea, 
and one shepherd. The word fold there is two different words in Greek, and we'll get to that more in depth next time. But the point I bring out is this. Jesus says he has other sheep, but they're not of this fold. And it's clear to me as I put all this together that the fold that he references in that first line, I have other sheep which are not of this fold, the fold that he's referencing there is a reference to God's working through the people of Israel. And he says, I have sheep, but then I have these other sheep that are not of this fold. So the the original set of sheep that Jesus is talking about would be, broadly speaking, the people of Israel. And most specifically, he's saying, my sheep are those who listen to my voice, who follow me, who believe me. And so, if you will, the fold, the original fold would be Israel. And then the true sheep are those who listen to him and believe him. And he says one day in the church, you'll have the Jew and the Gentile together, and there'll be one fold and one shepherd. And maybe even there's a prophetic sense of off in eternity how there is no, I imagine, I don't know this, but I imagine after the millennial kingdom, there'll be no distinction between Jew and Gentile, between the church and between Israel. Um, off in eternity. But until then, we know there are some distinctions. So when he says then, when he goes through this passage and he says, I am the good shepherd, I am the true shepherd, and here's my fold, and, and I call out my sheep, we see that Jesus is, is speaking and he's making a clear distinction between those who listen and those who reject him. Those who uh, are all enraptured with the thieves and robbers and the hirelings and the strangers, which would be the Jewish leaders, and those who actually listen and follow him. Early in the ministry of Jesus, Jesus was not a threat. He was simply an outsider, a strange man, a miracle worker. But now at this stage, remember about six months before the crucifixion, Jesus is a serious threat. And over time, there's becoming a separation of the Jesus follower and the follower of the old guard, the, the Judaistic leaders. And, and Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. So let's, let's look at that with, with this in mind. And one other quick question or point I'll make before we begin is the word sheep in English is both singular and plural. And so when we see the word sheep, we don't know uh, all the time if it's one sheep or many sheep. And uh, I'm, from my study, every time we see the word sheep, it is in the plural. Um, he does give the idea of the group and then specifics, but the word sheep here is in the plural, okay? So verse 1, these, this first section, we see the picture of the true shepherd. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. He makes a clear distinction in these first two verses. He says, look, if somebody's coming into the sheepfold, and they're climbing up some other way, they're not the real leader. They're not the real shepherd. Um, you know, we can kind of understand this. If you're, if you're driving by a street and you see someone, you know, taking a bat, breaking a window, and hauling in through the, the window, you don't think to yourself, oh, well, what a nice homeowner that is, you know? You think to yourself, this has to be a robber. What are they doing? Breaking a window with a bat and climbing through the window, right? And, and he says the same thing. Look, if someone's coming over the wall to grab a sheep, that person is a thief. That person is a robber. They're not the shepherd of the sheep. And you know, the, the thief and robber are very similar, but a thief is simply one who takes someone else's stuff. But a robber is one who violently takes it away from the person. In other words, you know, a thief may work in the darkness of night when no one's home, right? 
but a robber has the idea of violently taking it away from the person themselves. We might use the word home invasion. You know, a home invasion is not just your stuff is gone. A home invasion is your home. Someone's got a gun to your face and they're taking your stuff. And he says, look, if someone doesn't enter in by the door, they are clearly a thief and a robber. Now, what would be entering in by the door in the context of all this? Well, I think it would be simply this. Those who think that they have the right over the sheep of Israel, they have to treat the sheep of Israel the way the Bible would say. They have to understand the Scripture correctly, and they would have to teach the law correctly, and they would have to have a heart for those sheep. But he says, that's not what I see. (laughs) That's not what's going on today. Look at these religious leaders with their hypocrisy. Look at how they take advantage of people. Look at how they push down the sheep for their own agenda. He says, that's not the true shepherd. That's not a shepherd who loves the sheep. And he's helping the people see the distinction between him and all of these false religious teachers. So moving on in verse 3, he says, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. What a beautiful, uh, beautiful verse. Um, again, we don't have a lot of concept of this. The doorkeeper... This idea of the doorkeeper, and the way I understand the verse, is that sometimes a small village in Israel would have a place of safekeeping for the sheep at night. In our minds, we might think that it would be a big problem if a bunch of different flocks were in one shelter, because in our mind we're like, oh no, you know, they're going to get mixed up, or who's going to know whose is whose? But the beautiful thing is that those shepherds knew their sheep. So they could put multiple flocks into one place. They could hire one person to watch them overnight. That's the doorkeeper. The door would be closed. There would be a night watchman, so to speak. And all the flocks would be there together. And if someone's climbing over the wall in the middle of the night, there's a thief and a robber. But he says, no, if you're the shepherd, you go to the door. You enter through the door. And then he talks about calling his own sheep. And it's a beautiful thing, and I've seen uh, videos of it, not not only videos, I've seen it happen in person, where the shepherd can stand and can call, and the sheep will come to him. They will come to his specific and special call. And so the Bible says, to him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and I love this phrase, leads them out. One of the videos I saw, and I I tried to pull it up in my study, I've seen it in the last two or three years, was an astounding video. It was a a shepherd in Scotland or Ireland, somewhere over there. And he said they wanted to do a challenge with him. And they brought a bunch of sheep, and he could pick out not only which ones were his, and he didn't even call them. They would just haul one out, and they would show him with covering the tag. He could say, that one's mine, that one's not mine, that one's mine, that one's not mine. But he even could look at them and tell the number that was on their tag. They had tags with numbers. And he could say, that's 201, that's 119. Astounding. Just astounding. But we see the, the human examples and the beautiful example there. But Jesus says, this is how I operate. And oh, if I could urge you to listen to me, Christian, the Lord Jesus operates this way. He calls his sheep by name and he leads them forth. Sheepdogs don't work this way. Sheepdogs, they they do a quote-unquote good job of moving the sheep and they can separate the sheep and different things. 
But you know, they operate very, very differently. The sheepdog runs behind the sheep and he barks and he nips and he growls. And boy, if you watch videos of sheepdogs, feel free to get on YouTube after the service, okay? Not now. But you can see some of these videos of sheepdogs at work and they're very efficient, they're very skilled, and they can run around barking around these flocks. But that's not how our Savior works. That's not how our Lord Jesus leads His sheep. The Bible here says that He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. And the picture here, Jesus is saying, those religious leaders that tear into you and that tear your flesh and that growl and snap, these religious leaders are not how I operate. I, your Savior, call you forth. I know your name and I call you forth. And the shepherd could stand in front of the sheep, not behind them. He could be in front of them and he could call them and he could lead them out. You know, when we were in Nepal, um, we got to take uh, a trip into the mountains, technically, I guess, two different times. But the one time uh, we were traveling up in the mountains and, of course, we had Todd's vehicle, sort of like a Jeep, and we're going through these mountain roads and someone says, oh, look over there. And of course, you got to imagine this, but high mountain, and we're on this mountain road on the side of the mountain. Well, I was on the, the, the driver's side of the vehicle, and they were looking out the passenger side like this up the mountain. But they said, look at that, look at that. Well, I couldn't see until the whole vehicle turned around. But what it was, was there was this Nepali woman, a younger woman, and she was leading her goats up the mountain. And when we say up the mountain, I mean, this was up the mountain. I mean, they're hopping up these rocks and they're going on this very, you know, rocky uh, crest. And she is out leading them and they are following along behind her. It's a beautiful, beautiful little picture. And the point here is that Jesus leads out front. And you know in your life, there are moments, yes, of chastening and so on, but the way Jesus leads his, his sheep is by calling, by speaking. Jesus knows your name. He knows how to speak to you. And when Jesus speaks to you, he, he leads you forth. He calls you out. Yes, out of the false religion. He calls you out of the, the worldliness and so on. But more importantly, he calls you to himself. And he says, come with me. Come with me. Walk with me. I'll guide you. I'll, I'll show you the way. I'll show you the pastures. I'll take you to where the water is good. You know, sometimes the path to get there is not always easy, right? The, this uh, story I shared about the, the woman, I mean, this mountain was very difficult, and she was picking where she stepped, and the goats were following along behind her, but, but there was a path, and they were going somewhere, and they weren't just going to stare at rocks, I can promise you that. They were going to eat. They were going to, to get a drink and to be cared for and to be protected. And this woman who was leading these goats, she knew the way. She knew the best course. And the Bible here says that Jesus calls his sheep by name. Have you ever heard the Lord speaking your name? Calling to you. Saying, this is the way. This is the way. Maybe you've heard him calling saying, that is not the way. That is not the way. Don't go there. But he goes before them. He goes before them. Let's just think about this real briefly. If the Lord, the shepherd, goes before, then that means when I get to where I am, Jesus has already been there. Right? If he goes before and we get to some place, that means that he's already been there. 
And if He's leading us down the path and He goes in front of me, that means wherever I walk on that path, He's already been there and He believes and He knows that, that for the sheep to follow Him, that is the best path for them. That's good news. That is good news for us. Every step you take, the Lord has been there before. And as He leads you forth and you follow Him, what a safe place to be. The shepherd already approved this spot. The shepherd was already here. He already called me. And if he's leading me this way, then this is the best way. And I can follow him. I can trust him. I know that my shepherd has been before me. Do you know this also gives us a word of warning? Because if we wander off on our own, and it's not the way the shepherd has led us, then what does that mean? Well, that means that he hasn't been there and he hasn't approved it. And he will, thankfully, the Bible says he, he comes out. You know the story. Ninety and nine were in the fold and he went out to find the lost and the missing one. Um, and let me just say that, let, let me share verse four and, and then we'll draw some more application. Verse four says, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. For they know his voice. The Bible indicates that the sheep can recognize the voice of Jesus. And in the context of John 9, there were people that would not listen to Jesus whatsoever. And whatever he said, they were always ignoring it, turning away from it, and they were rejecting everything that Jesus said. But on the other hand, there was this blind man who continued more and more and more to listen to Jesus. In this passage, it says that the sheep hear his voice. The sheep can recognize his voice. Now, we don't want to push this picture so far, as some do, to almost have the idea that, well, if you're disobedient, you're just not saved, right? The Bible indicates there are sheep that get off the path. There are sheep that don't always follow the shepherd. And anyone who's had a shepherd will tell you there's times where sheep don't do what they should or they don't always follow the shepherd perfectly. But the point I see in verse 4 is it says they know his voice. They know his voice and they do listen to his voice and his voice means something to them because he is the shepherd. He's the shepherd. Um, I think each of us has probably had moments as a child perhaps or in some other context where someone tried to tell us to do something and in our minds we went like this. What right do you have to tell me anything? Who are you, right? Now, when it's our own parents or our own school teacher or something, they have a right because of who they are. And for these sheep, Jesus is reassuring. <laughs> he is reassuring people like the blind man who have just been cast out. Because you know what? These false Judaizers and these false religious leaders would come along and be like, uh, 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 you're not good enough because of X, Y, and Z, and you're not doing this, and you're not on the Sabbath day, you're not to be walking, and all these different things. And the criticism and the calls of you need to listen to me were probably getting loud. And Christian, can I remind you that there is one voice above all else that you need to listen to. It's the voice of Jesus. It's the voice of your shepherd. And when he calls to you, just remember that his word rules all. When Jesus calls, when Jesus speaks, when Jesus leads, his authority is over all. Can I urge you today that the word and the true leading of Christ is stronger than any word of a pastor, of a church, of a family member? There are people today that, that almost want to give church authority the same level as Bible authority. That's very dangerous. Very dangerous. Foolish. 
Now, there is church authority, but it's under the Scripture, and it's as defined by the Scripture. And he's saying, the sheep follow the voice of the shepherd. A stranger will they not follow. They will follow the voice of the shepherd. And it's a word of reassurance to these, these sheep that are newly his sheep and these sheep who have just come out of this fold of Israel and have placed their faith in Jesus and they hear these other voices and they sense that condemnation. Christian, when you have the sweet assurance that you have obeyed your shepherd and you know that beyond the shadow of a doubt, you've obeyed your shepherd, then you know what? You can tune out those other voices. You can turn out the voice of the critic, the person that thinks they should control your life and so on. You can say, I am following my good shepherd and his way is good and right and I am fully at peace. Verse 5 tells us, and they will not follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, I mentioned earlier that I've attempted this personally. I've attempted to call the sheep. And, um, you know, when, when the shepherd calls the sheep, it's usually the way I've seen it happen for me is there's this momentary whoop, where all the heads come up and they're eating or whatever and you hear the call go out and it's like whoop, all the heads come up and then immediately they start coming. Well, when I would try to do a call or I would try to go out there and do whatever I was trying to do, a, they would kind of ignore me, but if I got too close to them, they would start to move away. They would start to run away. And they knew that I was just some dumb 12-year-old that didn't have any rights over them. And they were not interested in anything I was trying to accomplish or games I was playing. And, um, and they really would. They would, they would avoid you. Um, I remember this one time there was a whole pack of sheep, and sheep like to kind of stay together. And uh, I was walking through the pasture because there was a shed further off, and I was going over there. For what purpose, I don't know. But there, this clump of sheep was all together. And I was walking along, and all of a sudden, there was like two or three that were kind of apart from the other clump. And I was going to be cutting them off. I was going to be going right in between them. And they instantly realized this, right? And they, they clearly saw, oh, we're going to be cut off from the pack. And they started running right in front of me to quickly get back with the pack. And so, zoom, zoom, one went by, two went by, and number three came, and he was really scared, and he jumped. I mean, he went right in front of me because he wanted to be with the pack, right? And um, there is this fear sense that sheep often have, and sheep can get very fearful. They're not a, a calm animal. And being together gives them comfort, but knowing their shepherd is near and hearing his voice gives them great comfort. They will not follow a stranger, but will flee from him. Again, Jesus is not teaching us that because you're his sheep, you can never be led off the path. You can never listen to a wrong voice. No, but what he is saying is as his sheep, because you're his sheep, when you hear his voice, it will calm you, it will lead you, it will always guide you in the right way. And if you ever hear or heed a false word, it will not be to your benefit. That's not how this is supposed to work, right? This is the, the pattern. And, and so it says that they will flee from them, for they do not know the voice of strangers. The other words, other people that we let speak to us, that let have power over us, if you will, instead of the Lord and in place of the Lord, they will corrupt and they will unsettle our souls. And uh, they will not lead us in the right way. They will not lead us in a good way. And uh, Jesus is trying to calm his sheep and to say, hey, you can listen to me. You can follow me. 
and all others can be set aside. Verse 6, Jesus spoke this parable to them, but they did not understand what things they were that he spoke to them. You know, the big question of verse 6 is, who is them? Right? Who is them? Because if them is the believers or his disciples, um, we would emphasize the sheep angle. But if, if them is the Pharisees, then we would see that he's calling them out as the thieves and the robbers and the strangers. And he's kind of calling them out for their, their wickedness um, and their mistreatment of the sheep. Uh, technically, the, the text doesn't say, but I, in context, verse, chapter 9 ends with Pharisees. And he's speaking to the Pharisees very directly. And there isn't any break between 9 and 10 as the way the text reads, okay? So I, I tend to think that he is calling out these Pharisees. And he is showing them to be the thieves, the robbers, the strangers, and the hirelings, as hirelings we'll see next week. Also, I just want to quickly point out, it says Jesus spoke this parable to them. Parable, uh, interesting use of the, of the word parable. It's a different Greek word than we find in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where it talks about Jesus told parables. It's a different word. And the parables we see there are a little different than what we see here from this angle. A, Jesus inserts himself into the comparison here. And with a parable, he doesn't do that in the other three books. So uh, some people, and actually three other times, the King James translates this as a proverb. A proverb. And so I think what it is, is it's more of a general but a deep analogy rather than a full-on parable story like we often think of it. Um, as you keep going, it's almost as Jesus changes the metaphor around. Because in the first section, you know, he's talking about the thieves and the robbers and so on. But then he's like, oh, I'm the door. Okay. And then he's like, I'm the shepherd. Right. So it's kind of like he's using the story from various different angles to teach what he is teaching. Let's look at verse 7 through 9. We'll probably close with this. The path of the caring shepherd. Jesus in verse 7 continues. Then Jesus said to them again, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Jesus continues his teaching. He says, truly, truly, this is the word amen, okay? Amen, amen, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Jesus now, instead of being the shepherd, in this verse he says, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door of the sheep. And the door, we would assume to be the door of the fold, that uh, nighttime or storm time uh, place where they would be kept. A lot of times it would have no cover above, but there would be walls, there would be a door. And um, he says, I am the door of the sheep. I'm the door of the sheep. And that door was an important thing. The door was a place of protection because it kept out wolves and it kept out to some degree, the thieves and robbers. And it was the passageway between protection and food, right? That doorway was the pathway, in for protection, out for food. In for protection, out for food. And Jesus says, I am the door. And now he, he brings this door identity to himself, and it's as though I am the door of the sheep. I am that one that stands to guard and to protect and to love those sheep. This life has its wolves. This life has its enemies. 
This life has those things that come to attack us, body, soul, and spirit. And I'm thankful the Bible tells me that I have a door, Jesus Christ, who stands there to fight my battles, to guard me against the wolves, to be there while I sleep. You know, uh, I was just uh, on the way this morning, the preacher was on BBN and I had it on, and he was talking about, he who keepeth Israel will never slumber nor sleep. And he said, we can sleep at night because he doesn't sleep. And what a blessed, what a blessed truth that was, that here's the door, and it's the darkness, and it's the wolves, and it's the nighttime, and the sheep are tired from a long day of travel, but they come in at night, they, they settle down to sleep, and they can just sleep. They can just rest. Because the door is there. The door is closed. And they can be at peace. They can entrust their protection to the door and to the one that holds that door. Christian, the wolves of this life cannot reach our soul because Jesus is there to guard us. Jesus is there to fight for us. Jesus is the one that will awake and will go forth to battle. And we as the sheep can calmly and peacefully and gently rest all night long in the darkness. He's the door. He's the door of the sheep. He's the door for the sheep. He's the door that the sheep need. You and, you and me, we need a door. We need a door to guard us and to fight for us. And the Bible says Jesus is this door. Now, later, he's going to talk about entering in by the door, which we'll get to in just a minute. But in verse 8, he, he continues and he says, All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. Now, he says came, all whoever came before. So came is a past tense word, right? You notice that? But there's also, he says came before me, are, A-R-E, which is a present tense word. And I remember reading this at first and I was like, all whoever came before me? I mean, there were some people that came before Jesus that were good people and I mean, Abraham wasn't a thief and a robber, was he? And I mean, King David wasn't a thief and robber. But as I got to thinking about it, I think Jesus is speaking in present tense, are, and he says those who did come before me are thieves and robbers. And he's talking about the people that were in his day. Those people that the, that generation had looked to for leadership, who were not good leaders, who were, who were thieves and robbers. And he says, those other people that have taught you and those other people, the ones that have come before me, they are thieves and robbers. They are not the ones you should be listening to. Do you, can, you, can you get the vibe why they were so mad at Jesus? Can you imagine someone calling your pastor a thief and a robber? No stories needed. No stories needed, okay? Maybe it's happened. Who knows, right? But that would be offensive if you've listened to someone and you've followed after them and Jesus comes along and says, they're thieves and robbers. Thieves and robbers? Well, I thought they were esteemed men. But he says, no, those ones that have, have tried to come before me, those ones that have taught you before I came, and those ones who have pointed you in the way, they're thieves and robbers. They don't care about you. They don't love you. They don't tell you the truth. I am different. I am the door. I will protect you. I will fight for you. And he, he I believe, is really calling out these false leaders again. You can see why there was such a power struggle towards the end. In verse 9, Jesus says, I am the door. This time he just says, I am the door. If any man enters in by me, 
he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now, I want to be clear that the fold here is not talking about heaven because we don't go in and out of heaven. Okay, the fold is, is speaking of God's present place of protection and love for his children, his place of usefulness, his place of belonging, and it's a present tense thing. The fold is not us in some future day going to heaven. He says that if some man will enter in by him, this man, this person will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Here the door is not being referenced so much as a place of protection like we saw it last time. Here in this verse, the door is a place of entrance. It's a place of passageway. Because he says, if someone enters in through me, he'll be saved. And then he can go in and out and find pasture. Now, again, that in and out thing, uh, let's deal with that first and then we'll talk about entering in. Jesus says, this sheep who has entered in can go in and out and find pasture. Well, when would they go in and out? Well, I'll tell you, in the morning they would go out and in the nighttime they would come in. And when the sun's arising, the sheep are out of going. And when the sun's a setting, the sheep are coming in. In and out, in and out, in and out. Now, remember how I said there would be multiple flocks. And again, different places may have had different habits, but I do see the picture of the multiple flocks in the text. Some do not, I do. The point is this, though, the coming in and out, you know what the shepherd would do? He would lead his flock to the fold for the night, but then he would stand at the doorway, and as they came in, he would check them over, he would look them over, he would make sure everything was okay, and he would make sure they're all there. Like the 99, he probably stood there counting the 99, and then, oh, there's one missing, right? So the picture here of the going in and out is a picture of our ongoing relationship and our fellowship with Jesus, our shepherd. Morning and evening, night and day, day after day, our shepherd is looking over us. He's watching us come and go. He's making sure our needs are met. He's there to watch over. He's there to guard us. He's there to guide us and to make sure we're where we're supposed to be. That's this picture of fellowship. That's the picture of care. And I call this section the path of the caring shepherd. You know what the path is? The path is the doorway into the fold. And, and the in and out is this picture of being on the path that the shepherd has for us. The path of his care. The path of his um, watch care and his um, oversight. Wanting to make sure that all is well with his sheep. And it, it, it is the picture of our daily Christian life. I don't know if there have been moments in your life where you felt kind of alone. Maybe you felt like things were not as they ought to be. Nobody cared. The scripture here is very clear that you as God's child have a shepherd who cares for you. And he's looking. And he's watching. And day by day by day, he is seeing the need. And he is seeking to answer the need. And he is ready to call. And he's ready to care. And he is watching over us to protect us. We're not alone. That is one of the biggest lies of Satan is that you're alone. You're alone. You're alone. We are not alone. And this is our shepherd. And we're going in and out. And in the day we find pasture. And in the night we have our protection. In and out. In and out. And our shepherd's always there. But notice the first part of the verse 
The first part of the verse says, I am the door. If any man enters in by me, he shall be saved. The door is that passageway into the fold. And Jesus here, he kind of, again, changes the metaphor because he says if anyone will enter in by this door, he will be saved. And this is the point where Jesus is using the metaphor a little differently. And he's not just talking about a shepherd who has a certain amount of sheep that are his, and that's it, and no more, these are my sheep. No, 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 the picture now is a shepherd who is the door to the fold and who is saying, are there any other sheep? Are there any others who will come to me? Are there any others who want my care? Anyone who would want to be a part of this fold? And if a sheep will hear, if they will listen, if they will follow after what is being said, then they can come to Him. And they can enter into His fold. And then they too can go in and out, in and out, and find pasture. And this shepherd will be their shepherd. And this fold will be their fold. And this God will be their God. If any man will enter in, he will be saved. He says, if a man enters by me. And that word by very much has that same idea as through, which a door, you think of going through the doorway, right? And he says, I'm the door. If you'll come to here, the door, then you'll be mine. You'll be saved and you can go in and out. You can find pasture. And what a call to the Jews of that day. And he says, forsake your religious frauds. Forsake those who hate you and abuse you and take advantage of you and come to me and have life. Have this in and out. Have, hear my voice. Be under my care. You can be my sheep. And this is our message to the world is to say you can have a shepherd too. You can have someone to care over you like we have our shepherd care over us. Evangelism is not only message of hell and of forgiveness, which are very true and very important, but it's also a message of the daily tender care of our shepherd. Right? I always feel bad when any person has a family member die. But I especially feel bad when the person who died and the person who's grieving are both lost and without the Lord. Because in that moment, I know that they don't have hope, that they don't have that soul care that I get in those moments from my Lord. They don't have that. And that's just one example. What about, what about a person in addiction? What, what about a person in a, a broken home or a marriage that's ending? What about a person that has no shepherd and they're weak and they're sick and they're broken and they have no one? We as God's children say, we have a shepherd. We have someone who loves us and cares for us and the door is open. The door is open to you. You can have this shepherd too. He'll care for you. He'll call you by name. He'll watch you night and day. And you can be his sheep too. That's the message of I am the door. I am the door. Jesus is the door to heaven, yes. But he's also the door to a very different life. Doesn't that sound a whole lot like what we're going to read in verse 11? that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That's what it sounds like there, doesn't it? The path of the caring shepherd. In a way, we could say that this door emphasizes that Jesus is the way. He's the way, the correct way to enter into the right group of sheep. 
I know I'm kind of imagining a little bit with the story, but if you had several different flocks and you had hirelings or you had strangers trying to care for some of these other flocks and then you have this good shepherd, this good shepherd who loves his sheep and calls them by name, those other sheep, if they could think, if they could have a brain, they'd say, man, I wish I was a part of that flock. I wish that one was my shepherd. And Jesus is calling to the sheep of Israel who have these leaders who are so bad and so awful. And he says, I am the good shepherd. This is our shepherd. He's ours. So can I encourage you with two things? One is that you have a shepherd that cares for you. He watches you night and day. He knows your needs. He goes before you. He calls you by your name. And he leads you. This is your shepherd. Draw near to him. Let him speak to you. Let his words lodge deep in your heart. Secondly, others do not have that shepherd. And as you share Christ, don't don't fail to share that you have a daily loving shepherd who watches over you. And that they too, if they will enter by the door, they can be saved. And they can go in and out and find pasture. Let's pray together. I don't know how God's used the message today, but I know we have a lot of our regular folk here. If you're lost and without Christ, uh, please reach out to us. Um, Is there anyone that would just say, "I, I know I haven't entered by the door. I'm not saved. I need to find Christ as others here have. Is there anyone that would just say, I need to be saved today. I don't want to speak with someone right here today. Looking left, looking right. We offer that, not knowing every heart. Believer, you speak to the Lord as God has spoken to you and respond, turn to your shepherd. Let's bow. Lord, we thank you for this time in your word. I thank you for John 10, for the glorious truths that are contained in it, for the great grace and compassion of our Savior shines through. I pray, dear Lord, that as we go through our days, we'll remember you, that we will hear your voice, that we'll trust in your protection. May we not be frightened sheep, but may we be calm and contented under your care. Thankful that you see all and you know all. You are the door of protection to watch over us by night and you lead us forth by day. Help us, I pray, to have a greater view of you, to love you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.